0: to Sound Meets Sound. Land over. Land over. Land over. My guest today is Jennifer Bellor, composer, multi-instrumentalist, and professor of composition at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. We met to talk about her time as resident clock shop composer for the percussion quartet Clocks in Motion, among many other things. Enjoy! I am curious, how did you end up in... You're in Las Vegas, right?
1: Yeah, I just moved out here in 2014 and then was a lecturer and then just kept building my way up. And so finally I have the tenure track position here, and so... um, I, I love Las Vegas. I never, ever thought in a million years, I would a live here and then b live here as long as I have. And then I don't even want to leave this place. Wow. It's just, yeah. Um, and I rarely ever go to the strip. I, the, the, restaurants are amazing there. I mean, that's my biggest reason for wanting to do that. Um, and it is fun to take part in some of the, you know, um, Vegas activities, but I pre- have a pretty normal life. I go running every day and do everything that I would be doing anywhere else, you know? Did
0: you say you were playing organ at a church gig?
1: I had, um, throughout grad school, I had uh, a church gig. So I would play the organ and I would sing and I conducted a few choirs. And it was really valuable for me because I got to teach this group of adult singers and I taught them by rote how to sing four-part harmony. And so that was actually one of my most fun experiences. That was actually just getting to know them. And I would travel from Rochester to Syracuse an hour and a half every weekend to play those gigs. Looking back, I keep telling people how unique of an experience it was because it was a very small church, a very small community on this lake, Bridgeport, New York. Very tight, like just very tight group of people who just really wanted to do it. And they had so much fun together. They would have parties together, these adults, and I would come in and every weekend and we would go through the music, they were so patient. I never received pushback at all from any of those singers. I just said, just be patient, I'll record all the parts. They're like, well, we can't do this. I go, you will do it by Christmas, I can guarantee it. And they completely wowed the congregation. One of the reasons why I don't do that when I am here in Vegas, I mean, number one, it was just a lot, like when you have a job during the week and then you have a job on the weekends. And so I really wanted to have that break. And then number two, the experience I had was just so awesome. It was just so wonderful that I know that I'm never gonna have anything like that again. So I figured just like, that was perfect. You know, perfect ending to that. Chris Jones from Clocks in Motion contacted me um, asking if I'd be interested in interviewing for this new position um, for Clocks to be their resident clock shop composer. And um, I've known Chris for a while. We met at Eastman, and he performed on music a number of times on various music concerts. And I was so thrilled that it worked out to collaborate with them and that they chose me for this wonderful... um, four-year residency, Um, and for each of the pieces, I would write, share with them drafts, communicate with each of the players about their parts, and then once I had a working draft, we would all travel to meet for rehearsals, and um, they have all been incredibly open to me making revisions after hearing the music live, and it's been a special process because of that, and I love revising my music. After, like, even after the first performance, even if I hear something live, I'll sit with it for a while, and and I I do want to make changes. So I'm just very happy that they're the type of group who is so patient and flexible with me, and they're so willing to read a new edit or, or like you know go through a new part of the music in the section. Because I think it is important. I think you know, oftentimes when we're writing music. Yes, okay, there are so many composers where as soon as they have the double bar, that's done, they give it to the performers, they consider it a finished product, and let's move on. But for me, I I don't see it that way. I see it as it becomes a final product after you're working together with the performers, and you have that collaboration, and then all of a sudden, you have this wonderful thing that you feel happy about and they hopefully feel happy about too. And so it was just an incredible experience and I learned so much working with them on how to write for percussion and and also just the notation I should be using. The residency gave me an opportunity to continually refine my percussion writing and notation and I learned a lot in addition to also having this amazing album that is a culmination of our collaboration last four years. Every single one of the pieces on this album went through I mean, for the most part, with the exception of a couple of, of movements from Of maker movement, every piece went through a lot of revisions, because I realized after sitting with it for a while, I mean, when you're writing so much music, sometimes you just, for me, I realize now that my process has to be, I'm going to write the music, and then I give it a few weeks to really just sit with it. Sometimes, you know, you're finished writing the piece, you're, you're finishing the music, you're you know you're setting the parts you go to the rehearsal and after that you're like oh okay I really want to make this change right here and so even with my composition Onira for example um, I went through a lot of revisions after hearing it at the rehearsals and then I was just so happy when we had the recording um, back in March it just that, that was exactly what I wanted and and I think that they really enjoyed it too.
0: Yeah, I'm curious about why you wanted program notes and and how that came about.
1: Yes, uh, first I would like to just discuss a little bit about the titles and how they connect thematically because that led us to the program story. I knew at the beginning of this album and while I was writing all this music that I wanted the tracks to all be loosely connected in order to create a concept album. And there are also motivic connections throughout, and all the titles relate to time. When I was growing up, I was surrounded by many antique clocks. My parents loved to collect antiques. The Of Maker and Movement titles, Pendulum Surround, Quartz Revolution, and Dance of Hands were all inspired by different clocks. Onira, related to dreaming, was inspired by virtual worlds I saw online um, that were created with Minecraft. And I was also very much inspired by the story that I read when I was a kid about these children in a magnet school, their brains getting hooked up to the cloud where they can just live forever in this virtual world. And of course, there are many other examples right now of various different TV series that also show that or have that same theme where you're able to maybe create your own personal uh, heaven and upload yourself to the cloud. And so I was very much inspired by thinking about just a virtual world and how when we're dreaming the time is different. And then the title This We Have Now is about, for me when I was writing it, I was very much thinking about how it's important to value the present because oftentimes you know, we like to look back. We're very nostalgic. I like to think about memories all the time. I also like to think about what has to happen in the future. And we forget about how valuable it is just to take a moment and appreciate every minute that we have here. Um, and it was inspired by a Rumi quote. I knew that I wanted there to be a story created that connected all these pieces. And I didn't really want to have that typical, like standard separate program note for each piece. So I asked my very good friend and UNLV colleague, who's a saxophonist in the faculty, Shauna Pennock, um, since she helped me with one of my other program notes in the past. And I gave her a document with a very general list of ideas and thoughts I had for each piece, along with the order of the tracks. We talked about how it might be interesting if the clocks were personified. When she showed me the first draft of the story, I was blown away by how beautiful it was. And even reading the story, like reading it in the album notes, I feel emotional when I read it. And again, you know, anyone could ask this, and I had a conversation with a composer recently about this too, but one question could be, what's the purpose? Like, do you really need to have a story to understand the music? Do you really need to have that program note? And the answer, of course, is no. But for me personally, I find it interesting how we can have an entirely new interpretation when you pair music with another art form, like poetry, a story, visual art, or even scenes from a movie versus experiencing them separately. And so in a way, I can't help but think about, you know, all the wonderful concept albums out there and how we've experienced various different albums like Dark Side of the Moon, when you're watching The Wizard of Oz. I really wanted to have this, this beautiful story. And I thought it was perfect, what she did. And so I'm very, very happy that she wanted to do this for this, this album.
0: It's interesting that you mention time and being in the present because I heard a lot of uh, like process music in in your you know in your music, and I I always feel like that does sort of the rhythmic drive and the like steadiness of it keeps you in the moment. It keeps you in the present. There's not much to anticipate, and what's come before is pretty like not similar, but of a piece. So it's like, it's constantly keeping you like in this moment, you know, this present moment, you're not necessarily thinking about what happened before or what's coming next. So that's really cool about, uh, that, that you were talking about keeping yourself in the present. Cause I, you know, I'm, I'm used to, when I think of keeping in the present, I'm thinking of like deep listening, writing this kind of slow. And I'm, there's some of this in, in your, the album two of this like stasis, you know, created through a lack of, of rhythm. Um, but then the process music does a similar thing.
1: Yeah, actually, now that you mention that, I think it has something to do with the fact that I used to run marathons and half marathons. And so I would have everything from Steve Reich music for 18 musicians to some music by John Adams and various other composers on there and it's very important to to remain in the present and just to keep focused on that because if you if you start to focus on how many more miles you have to run it can get overwhelming and i think even yeah i think for just for me personally that's probably some sort of an influence definitely on what I'm doing and then also there is this one composition by Morton Feldman that I I remember listening to in grad school called Coptic Light which definitely has been an influence because it's really beautiful vibraphone piano sort of color um, going on throughout the piece
0: compositional process and your ethos you've kind of hit on some of these but i guess yeah maybe the evolution of yourself as a composer you know just anything you want to say about that it would be fascinating
1: i can first talk a little bit about my process when i start out writing well i I enjoy writing a lot of lyrical and melodic music and i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that even when i was a child my violin was my first instrument I was a little Suzuki kid, so I was like three years old, and I had to learn all this music. Whenever I was alone at, in the house, as I got older, um, obviously I'm not going to be alone if I'm three years old, I would start improvising a lot on the violin, and I noticed that I was playing a lot of melodies and all sorts of stuff, and I felt really free, and I continue to do that. I still have my violin out, actually, and so my, my, my boyfriend, my partner, Phil Joy, um, who's actually inspired the titles for many of these compositions he's helped me find that picked out pick out the titles I'm really bad with titles he'll play the guitar and I'll take out my violin and just keep improvising that's definitely been an influence and also I studied voice so I, I think and even like when I had to play a lot of Mozart on the piano when I was really young I just love how uh, lyrical and operatic all of, you know, Mozart's music is, whether it be instrumental or vocal. And so I'm just, I'm always thinking about melody and lines and how it's really interesting how the end of a line could help influence the harmony or even vice versa, how um, I'll go through and if I really want this harmonic progression, then that'll most likely influence some of the melodic decisions. And I also listen to a a large variety of music outside of classical, so a lot of jazz and progressive rock, and I think a lot of my harmonies are very much inspired by those genres. I like to first go to the piano to sketch out a lot of my ideas, and I'll often times write out a large portion on a staff of paper first. Not all of it, but a large portion. And then I'll go to my notation software program. I use Sibelius. I don't work from left to right. I can't do that. Um, I continually revise and move music around as I go and as I get to know the music better because as much as I would write out many notes and I have very strong ideas at the beginning, sometimes I just discover what it is while I'm doing it. Structure is I spend more and more time on structure nowadays if that's one thing that's evolved, it's my focus on structure. I really find that like the more that I focus on the structure then from a listener's standpoint, I hope that it'll be even more emotionally impactful because of the structure. That's what I've been working on a lot. Like one example is I'll write a section of music, and then if I decide, you know what? That's not a beginning part of the piece. That's actually a climactic part. And so I'll move that to this one section. That's exactly what I did with this r- most recent piece that I finished. Sure. I, I continually go back to even my favorite songs. Even I mean, there's a reason why there's this really emotional connection to some of these pop songs because we know the form already we know that there's going to be a chorus coming up or a pre-chorus or we know that this verse is going to return you know we know we're looking forward to that bridge and so i just i just keep thinking about even just the structure of songs and how i've been i think incorporating that more and more into my own compositions the last few years wow that you reminded me I didn't really talk much about the animation which um, yeah I was sharing a lot of it on Instagram but I can tell you how this came to be so while I was composing the piece uh, Onira I knew that I wanted this to be paired with an animation that was my dream when doing this and I really wanted to make this happen and uh, a friend of mine a former UNLV colleague Christina Wright Ivanova suggested I check out Christine's website, Christine Bana, And when I saw her real, I knew I had to contact her. I just was in love with what she was doing. And something about her art resonated with me and felt, and I felt that she would be perfect for this project. And so I reached out to her one weekend and I was nervous. Of course, I sent this long email and had no idea what was you know, expected, like what to talk, like how to I've never collaborated with an animator before, so within 24 hours, she responded and said yes. And we talked over Zoom and shared some ideas. I told her that I was inspired by seeing those virtual worlds created by others and thought it would be really neat if she could create some sort of narrative to go with the music in a virtual world. I told her, well, we agreed. I'm like, she should have like 95% Creative freedom because I I could just feel it. I knew that she was going to do something so brilliant with this animation. It's just been so exciting. She'll send me these updates. I've seen the storyboards that she's created, and then being sent these video updates throughout the entire year. It's just been so amazing to see how this has progressed. The most recent update, which is she's still she's been working night and day on this project. All the like she has interns helping her color all this all the slides, everything. I just, I'm amazed. I think the story is just so evocative and beautiful and I love the fact that it's all so dark and I'm so happy that she wanted to do this. This has just been such an incredible experience learning more and more about the animation process and I really hope there's an opportunity again in the future to work with her.
0: Have you ever thought about I mean it's a different thing but like uh like writing scores for for films and things like that.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I also understand that it's really a completely different world, like a different field. I would love the opportunity um at some time in the future to do that. That would be a dream. Also, I'm at this point too I would be thrilled if some of my music showed up in, you know, a movie or a, or a TV series. I remember one time I was watching the series Nip Tuck, that really dark, I don't know if you ever saw that, there was this one surgery scene, and all of a sudden, I'm hearing Steve Reich's uh, proverb in the background. And I'm like, that is so cool! That's what I want! So maybe I'll never be, you know, maybe I'll never write a film or music for a film, but it'd be so cool if one of my pieces ended up something like that. And that's why, like, for this project, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, I want to put in 110%. I'm going to, I want an animator. I, I was imagining something to go with this piece the entire time and so I really wanted to release it that way. excited to share this album and the animation with everybody and in addition to this showcasing this wonderful collaboration that Clocks and I had together the last four years I want to acknowledge Miranay Shim for all of her work as the producer um, of this album and also with all the work that she has been doing running her label Arrowcade Music. It has been an honor working with her on this project. I want to work with her again in the future. She's really incredible and I hope that she gets a lot of A lot of interest in her producing other projects she's a phenomenal producer and of course if you want to follow me on social media or my website to get updates about the album and future projects please follow me on instagram or facebook linkedin and check out my website www.jenniferbeller.com
0: i really love that you gave miranae a shout out because i just i adore her and and she's just doing so much cool stuff and not really getting enough recognition for it
1: She's an incredibly hard worker. I have so much respect for her. It's just amazing to me how much she has been doing for this. And I mean, she not only has been, you know, doing whatever she's had to do for her label, but she's been producing. I mean, this by far, I think, has been the best experience I've ever had working with anyone on an album. And this is my third album. And she is just so hands-on. And that's what you need. And I think that's why I feel just so lucky with working with her because she is trying to grow her label and she wants to be a producer. And so working with someone like that on this project is the best experience.